Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am a college professor of graphic design at the University of South Alabama, and I also have my own company, and I work as a designer, and I am joined today by my good friend, another design professor, Ann Ford, whose birthday was yesterday, so happy late birthday, Ann. And her cat might make an appearance with her, his, her tail, so oh. you guys might get a little... Um, a little tail action today. So I'm excited to talk about creative creativity blocks and what we do. And so as a professor, I feel like we get um, a little bit of insight because we have our process, but sometimes it's so great to look at other people's process. And as a professor, we get to kind of show our process a lot, then the students really can impact us. But one big thing is that people get, people have problems at different parts of the design process and sometimes creativity blocks come at different times and for different students certain things work so I think it makes you more of an expert than maybe just a regular person but um, so we have a bunch of questions and if you are a subscriber to the newsletter you might have thought I had dropped off the face of the earth this week and I'm so sorry that I got my letter out today and the questions out today so sorry for the late stuff it's just been a crazy week so if you're not a member of the VIP email list, please go to designrecharge.org and sign up. It's in the box in the upper right-hand corner. It's just an email, and I'm never going to sell your email address or spam you, hopefully. Um, I mean, hopefully you don't think what I'm doing is spamming, hopefully. Anyway, Anne, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you've been on the show like three or four times, but um, give us a little bit of your background and so that new people might can see what all you've done. Um, I'm a newly promoted associate professor of graphic design at Virginia State University. Um, I also own my own, my own company. Um, I do um, graphic design and a little bit of web design. Um, been in the business for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love this show. So I'm happy to you've be here. You've written books. I've written books, yes, on package design um, and co-authored, you know, worked production designer on a couple of other books as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't have my book to put it up, but, you know, it's behind me. Maybe I can find it and I'll pull it in. Um, so why, um, I mean, this is something that we continually are dealing with, right? Is that something you have an issue with every day you teach um, with creativity blocks yes and you know it happens a lot you know because we get kind of so focused on what we're doing and then we get to a brick wall or it's that blank piece of paper um, that you know we just we just kind of like oh I don't know what I'm doing I can't figure this out I don't know what to do um, and then I see it in the spaces of my students I see them freaking out because they either don't understand or they try to design for me and not them. Um, they try to give me what I want and, or what they think I want. Um, and then that gives, that blocks them. To, I mean, that puts up a wall that they just can't get by. I think some people so, work with that pressure real well and then some people don't. Some people, so it, they have to do more time management and it allows them to do more. But some people live off that kind of pressure. Right. right. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit, but my biggest breakthrough was between first and second year of grad school. So, um, and that's when I really realized that I could control um, breaking the creative block. What, what was that that triggered it? Um, I don't know, other than just doing something I didn't normally do, which was I got behind my camera and stayed behind it for four weeks, basically. Um, oh, wow. I, I took, a, took a trip to Italy um, in Switzerland, um, and I got behind that camera, and I just I went crazy. Um, took over 8,000 photographs, um, and, you know, I still, and this was, several years ago, but I still go back to it and um, I look through those images and still get 
inspired by even looking at them because I remember where I was or, you know, something about it will trigger um, an idea. Same way with sketchbooks, you know, um, keeping all that stuff handy and going back through it. Uh, recently for a project, I was looking for some ideas and I pulled out my old sketchbook and uh, um, got inspired to do something else. So, um, yeah. I think stepping out, going somewhere, traveling somewhere always helps. I also think picking up a different tool. And you talk about that a lot um, in, or me and you talked about that a lot this week as we talked about the show, um, about getting away from the computer. And I know Meredith, you mm -hmm. said you've had a bad um, month. I'm hoping it's just these five days, but I think it's been the last 30 days, I think is what you're talking about, Meredith. And I'm so sorry, because it can be really frustrating. I believe Meredith's kind of alone at her corporation that she's working for. So sometimes it's hard when you don't have other people to kind of go back and forth with. And that's something I'm kind of playing with, with doing something on Design Recharge, maybe on the weekend or something, um, or at night doing a creativity um, session where we just do something where we're stepping out of our normal environment and um, popping up. And I'm so sorry, Meredith, I see the little unsmiley face. Um, yeah, and I, so anyway, we're, I'm thinking about doing something like that and planning something like that for the end of June. So you guys be, if you're interested, you can email me back and let me know what day you think you'd want to do something like that and give me some time so we'll, we'll see. So as you're dealing with these constant like breakdowns with students and creative blocks on your own, um, what, can you give us some, you've talked a little bit about your uh, sketchbook project and then you talked about the photography and I have I pulled some um, some of your shots from I think it's Italy um, from your Flickr account so um, do you want to talk about those first since that kind of started the breakthrough sure um, okay because that is the one I think the one thing that I realized when, when I when I had that big breakthrough about you know I had every intention of going on this trip to paint and draw, um, to get back into something that was non-computer related, design related. I just really wanted to like kind of experiment with something different than what I had been through. Um, those of us who've been through grad school know what that first year was like when you're trying to put your thesis topic together. And by the end of that, you're just kind of like, you know, you're brain dead. Um, so, so this trip, I just started taking photographs and I never touched the painting, um, because I was so fascinated by, um, what I saw, um, just, you know, the juxtapositions of, of, uh, signage and buildings and people and, uh, you know, going into the museums and looking at art and um, you know, standing in front of David for the first time and seeing how massive that was and you know, the goosebumps that went up my back of my neck. Um, so that was a huge breakthrough for me. So, you know, I, I, like I said, these, these photographs that are on Flickr actually live on my computer. Um, I find myself going back to them a lot. Um, like I said, because I know that that was a huge breakthrough for me. Um, you and I both know Rob Carter and, you know, he asked me what the H happened to me over the summer when I got back in the fall, because it was such a huge transformation. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I know, um, BCU is great about pushing us. So, uh, I was thankful to be a part of that as well. And I know they tend to, if that's, if this is something you tend to do, then they want you to push to something else. So if uh, Marius Valdez, he's been on the show before and he's um, an illustrator and they said, no, you need to use your camera. And so they pushed him and he started making three dimensional stuff. And then that thing really hit off and it sparked something else. So um, if you can't go to Italy um, or somewhere exotic or different, sometimes it's simply about changing your daily structure, like um, mm -hmm. taking the bus to work instead of driving or walking somewhere instead of um, going to the little corner grocery store instead of that you walk through 
instead of going to the main grocery store or if you just go to a different place to go do your basic things um to me stepping out of that that um every weekly kind of pattern hey that's great <laughs> that's almost like yes exactly almost like italy tennessee absolutely <laughs> um but i think i think it's one of those things that yeah ann has lots of um ties to tennessee so see the orange um, wall yeah well me, meredith and i both went to auburn so we like the orange for a different reason sorry um <laughs> different orange too but um but i think that's one one of those things if you can't i mean i think that's one of the things designers are great about well we're problem solvers so i can't go to italy you can't just cry in your corner office or something or in the closet because you can't go to italy you got to find what you can do and i i mean right. i was in corporate america too and i used to walk to work or uh, roller bathe to work um when i didn't take the bus just to do something right. different so meredith can you get out of your office for lunch that would be something take a walk take your camera to work go out at lunchtime and just look up instead of down when you're walking go slowly just take photographs of windows say one day you do windows one day you do doors one day you do you know trash that's on the sidewalk in front of you signage you know anything like that because when you get back and put it on your computer you see something different than what you saw through the viewfinder so you're kind of doing this twice and it, it doesn't matter whether you're in italy or not you can do you can also go watch a documentary on italian artists or you know on italy or you know anything like that but it's um it's just a matter of getting out of your office um <laughs> i like that jason that's great uh it's just getting out and getting away from the tension that you have in that environment that's blocking you. Um, yes, I did this, but I also do it with my students. I take them out. I say, get out of the lab, go outside, take photographs, draw, sit and just look at your environment. Um, anything like that. It it's amazing, you know, anytime that I have a student that's going somewhere like during like I think of fall break or Christmas break or Thanksgiving or whatever I always tell them take an hour or two for themselves like just do something for themselves I tell them usually that every weekend that schedule yourself an hour of downtime whether it's playing a video game whether it's going to a bar whether it's going to the movies whether it's you know just hanging out with your friends You've got to do that or you, your brain gets full and you don't have a trash can like we have on our computers to get rid of it. So, um, I mean, I think that is the biggest thing that will work for anybody. It's like, you know, yes, we've all been in corporate America and know how difficult it is. And Meredith, I have been in several companies where I was the only creative person in the building. So I understand where you're coming from um and it is hard it really is hard and i wish i'd have known how to do all this back then um but like i said it all, it all happened to me by accident okay i i just don't want to interrupt you um but meredith i also think it's really important for you to get a group and it doesn't have to be designers but it would be great if they were and it, you could do a spree cast one if you wanted to we could pull people in again that's where Maybe this is could be kind of cool because then I bet Nikki maybe would do it with us and she's in San Francisco. So you're going to get different perspectives and because she's seeing different things. I know Nikki has done that photography thing and I think that really helped her. Um, it seemed like some of your process really changed Nikki from what what you did um, maybe some somewhat before as what you did after. And I know Nikki's really been working on a lot of hand drawn stuff and really committed to doing something like that. So. I'm going to pull up some of Anne's photos and I think that's a great idea. Just do windows. And that's a good one just for students even as well. So here's some, and if you're new to Spreecast, you can just mouse over this and then move it wherever you want to. You can put it over my face. 
um, or you can put it over the chat or whatever. But I really like this image in particular. And I mean, there were so many for if you if you click on the top part, if you mouse over and you click up here, like the flickr.com photos, chamber design, whatever, um, it'll take you to, to Anne's face, uh, face Flickr account. And you can see a bunch of other photos. But like, I love the sculptural parts, but then I love the flat color and how there's person, you think maybe it's a, a small window, but then you see how tiny the person is and it, there's just scale issues or, or changes that we don't have maybe so much here in, in America as much, I guess. So I love this piece. Do you want to talk about this one at all? When I took the photograph, I didn't see her there. Like I was looking more at the architectural details and I was like, wow, that is really cool. There was somebody in that window when I took the picture. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was just looking at how, you know, the ornamentation on these buildings and the windows and doors. Um, I mean, there, there are a lot of pictures like this of, of various different things. Um, so yeah, that was just a happy accident that she was there. Okay, so I'm going to pull up another one that, it, again, it's just, this kind of reminds me of John O'Neill, and I know he normally comes, but he's um, doing something else today, and he wasn't going to be able to come. So this one is another, and you'll see kind of why Anne's taught with John. So I, um, I think, you know, just the lines, and I don't know what attracted you to this, Anne, but there's so many different lines here that yeah. are really cool, I think. This was in Venice, and we were walking towards the, uh, I mean, not in Venice, it was in Pisa, and we were walking down the street towards the Leaning Tower of Pisa. There's another photograph of the whole thing, um, the doorway. But I saw this reflection and um, was fascinated, so I just shot a photograph of it. Um, I've used this in a lot of uh, design work just for the sheer um, angles of the shadows. It's a cool one. I mean, some of these are just absolutely beautiful architectural, like this one, which I think this is somebody that's last it's name the starts with a B. The the, yeah, but who yeah, made it? Brunelleschi? Um, yeah, I think so. It's got the, it's where the doors are, um, what they call the, it's the Duomo. It's where we met every day. Um, and it was really a, a rainy day, you can tell. It was a really, really rainy day. Um, these were like towards the end of my trip. I said, you know, we went here every single day and I didn't take photographs of this particular building. So um, I made sure I got a lot of them before I left. Uh, but to me, this building, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, this building was just the lines, uh, you know, the grid. I see it's such a, such a grid here. And that, that's what I was going to say. Sometimes, like Meredith, if you're really stuck, take a piece of architecture like this that does, you really can grid it out and then use that as your basic. So that part with that big window, you know, you could have something so that it's clear where your type is or something or bridge it across these um, and then have something big that's circular in the middle. And even like this is kind of off center, even though it's really centered, but it's kind of off centered here. And then you have these other angles. Just duplicate put a piece of tracing paper over this photo and and kind of make your own um grid structure using that hard angle coming um i have to do it this way because we're backwards on screencast um but to me stuff like that can be really cool to taking a photo and that may be a process that you aren't don't normally do but use the lines of something that's already been photographed, not the lines of how it's a straight line and going across, but really taking those diagonals that are part of that photo. I don't know if that helps or not, but. All right, let's pull up another one, which um, I, I think a lot of designers, we end up taking things that are really graphic. And I, of course, love <laughs> this one. Yeah. What, I mean, what attracted it, it you, Dan? It was a construction area. There was other signs around there, but you know that could be interpreted more than just construction. So I just loved it. You know, um, when I went to Qatar, and they have 
the um, um, all all of their signage is very Arabic. Like they have um, on the school crossing, they have you know everybody wearing the full uh, burqa and you know on the signage. So I kind of got interested in that um, when I was there, and this was after that. So uh, I, I really liked the sign. Thought it was too. really interesting because it's it's not exactly what we would expect. I mean, we see it as a yield sign because that's what we're used to. Um, but I really liked the shovel. Yeah, definitely. All right. So and then I think this is really graphic as well. And again, this has to do with that looking up kind of thing. And if you're walking mm -hmm. and you start taking facades of buildings, it's a different perspective. I've done that a lot. Maybe try that when you go to Tennessee walk around and take, I mean, get out of the car and walk for one and take pictures of, you know, some of the facades of buildings, those front facades can be really powerful when you come back to your camera or download your photos on your camera, from your camera on your computer and look back at those same kind of angles and stuff, you get something else out of them. But I really liked this piece. Yeah, it was, uh... This building was really interesting. And, and a lot of the things that I like when I'm, or look at what I'm taking is a photograph is how things come together. So you, on the previous one, you could see the angle that I was at, it looked like there were two separate buildings, but that's all the same one. Um, it's just a matter of, of just, yeah, looking up. That's why, you know, just look up and look around you and how things uh, are juxtaposed against one another. So here's another looking up one for sure. Oh, I love this. Me too. Obviously, I used amazing. it in all the promos for this, this one. <laughs> yeah, um, this was probably the best picture I took in there. And um, but I mean, just look at it. I mean, the the ornamentation in between each one of those blocks is different. You know, this is all hand carved. I mean, I'm just like blown away um, by this photograph. Every time I look at it, I see something different. Again, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for me, I'm sure. So I'm really glad I took all these photographs because I can still go back now and look at things and say, wow, I don't think I saw that the first time. Yeah. Um, and I just like that there's these details and I wish, you know, we could get these but sometimes it's perfect when you can cut something off and then go back and look at it and zoom in on your computer, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Meredith, I think as you build this church, I hope you keep your camera close so you can take pictures. Sometimes it's of people. And I know Anne has some people that are in like this regalia. They're in these awesome colors and these hats that have these curves. And you see, um, if you go to that Flickr, um, I don't know if you can, Let's see if I can get that. Oh. Here we go. I got it now. And I'm going to post it up so you guys can go to her Flickr page and then um, do some other, look at some of the other stuff because obviously I couldn't bring everything. She has some stuff from Hawaii. You went to a conference there and you spoke at a conference. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So, um, oh Basically, yeah, you definitely at Hatch. Um, if you don't know about that, Meredith, say hi to Jim. <laughs> say hi to Jim for me. So here's, um, I don't know where you took this, um, but this is a, a printing press. So it goes with the Hatch show print reference. Um, this was a printing press in Florence that we visited. Um, and it was not necessarily a, actually it was a printing school. So they still apprentice. They still do apprentice work in Italy. You don't just work and um, go to, you know, you go to school or learn how to do something and just go work. You actually have to apprentice to be a printer. So we went to this printing press and this happened to be one of their older presses that was sitting around. Um, but they even had uh, original stonework where the, the first lithography prints were made. Um, they had a Picasso. They had a Picasso uh, 
that was there. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm going around taking pictures of all the equipment and getting into the details of, you know, like there's a big picture of the wheel that runs these presses. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got uh, photographs of a young lady who actually did a demo for us. So, um, but it was, it was awesome. Just, just to see that, that yes, uh, they, people still go there to learn how to print. Well, I was trying to find it, but it kept messing up my sound. So I, I clicked off a little bit, but you guys can hunt through, but the images of the wheel in the, I mean, the wood looks beautiful on there at the press. And she even has one of like where they're holding the, the little rollers, you know, she has, it's like the stack of where the rollers are, but this is from that same printing school. And I thought it was mm -hmm. really neat. Are those the litho yeah. things you were talking about? Cause that yes. looks like those are, uh, original litho stones um, and they are about an inch thick um that's why they're hanging the way they are um, it was a three color print they didn't really tell us what the colors were but it was just beautiful to look at um, because it is done in a stone um, not on a plate like we're used to seeing so to kind of go back to one other image that I really like, I think this is, well, there's two, three more images, but, you know, you talked about going around and doing windows, and especially if you're doing something that, like, in an older part, if you're in an older city, that, or a city that has an older section, um, go, I love that the wood is so um, used around this, but I also love the handle, or the, the knocker, or the door pulls, knob, Things like that can be really beautiful lamp, um, yeah. outdoor lamp things, you know, I think in different cities are really neat. Um, it's different. People think you're a little weird taking pictures of stuff like that, but it's kind of like Nina was saying last week, do it fast so that people don't think you're a weirdo, you know, but, um, but we're all a little weird, so that's okay. But I thought this, and I love the colors. So I thought this was a really nice piece too. So this what was, drew you this, to this? A lot of these were, a lot of these were Sienna. Um, Sienna yeah. had some very interesting um, ornamentation on their doors. That's where they had a lot of those really um, different looking uh, light fixtures. Um, but it was, you know, Sienna has is sectioned off in these various different sections and it was just, yeah. Like there were several with, um, like there were some that were uh, turtles and gosh, I can't remember all of them. But if you were a part of this one group, you, you, you decorated the outside of your house with the icon that, that represented this particular group. So the only one I could remember right off is the turtles. Um, but this was part of that, a part of that, you know, whole look of of the neighborhood basically that's cool and it's different but it would be something else to like focus on if you're or if you're in a real industrial area sometimes the keyholes are different or um, just something different to kind of go through and then this is the last thing that i'm going to show that has to do with our photography because you did going out getting outside and doing something like that and I love how you're taking pictures. I mean, we're designers. So she's taking pictures of the environmental design. And this is obviously at a museum in Hawaii. And um, so she's taking a picture of, of this. And so you can see how it's kind of built and you see the shadow. And then the next one I'm going to show you, but I'm going to let her talk about this one, is the whole piece. So you can see what the situation that it was in. But I like that she's documenting um, the type and not just found type, but you know, of something, oh, this might, this was inspiring. I like the spacing or color or whatever it was. You want to talk about this one a little bit, Anne? Um, yeah. A lot of the U.S., you know, if you ever get to Hawaii and go there, don't bypass going to this museum. Uh, it's a national park, actually. Um, it moved me very much. Um, you know, here hangs this bell that was on the USS Arizona um, that it now sits at the bottom of, you know, Pearl Harbor. Um, and I was really fascinated by 
you know, they use this gold color, um, mm -hmm. which is, is not a, a real familiar color to be to people to use um, with these black and white images. And it really just popped. I like the way that they, uh, the environmental designer actually did the signage and it's, it's uh, raised so that you do catch shadows and lights um, because all of the signage is done this way. That's cool. And, and I don't know, I like to doc, I'm, I'm a type nut, so I document type everywhere I go anyway. Um, so I took photographs of this, the, the signage. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull the other one up. Yeah. So there it is in context. So mm -hmm. you, in the story that sits right beside the actual bell. Um, yeah. It, and then, you know, you get back and you see all the people that were in the picture and you're like, wow. They were invisible to me. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea who was around me. When I get when I get into that zone, like you were talking about feeling weird with the camera. I don't do that anymore. I, I just take pictures and somebody didn't like it. Oh, well, <laughs> I just I found that that that's, you know, I, I just I have to take a picture of it. Well, I know, Anne, you've done the sketchbook project, so I'm going to kind of transition um, to this. So how has that, how did you find it? Um, and if you guys don't know, I think there's a link I'll look for it in a second. Um, can you talk about how it's affected you? Because um, I think we have some images of your sketchbook and then um, how it, because I think you do this as a class project as well and how it affects your students. Uh, right. Well, it started, um, it was brought up at a board meeting for AIGA because I was on the Richmond board for a while. And um, the president or vice president at the time, David McIntosh, she goes, you know, is everybody doing the sketchbook project? And I was like, what's the sketchbook project? So, excuse me, I was intrigued. So I went and looked it up. I ordered it. Yeah, that was history from there. Um, I really enjoyed it. I looked forward to doing it. Um, I had fun. I got all my stuff out, you know, all the stuff to draw with and, and, and just really sat down and just let loose. And I was like, what a great thing if we would do this as a class project. Um, so the following semester or the following fall is when we do this, um, I had my students do it all the students in my classes. Well, now it has grown to, Mina and I both do it for all of our classes and some of the fine art instructors are doing it as well. So we've almost got it to be a department, a department wide project. But really um, this is all over the, all over the world. People are doing this project yeah. all, all over and kind of explain the project a little bit and how it, how it works. Um, you, Go on to the sketchbook project and uh, you purchase a sketchbook. It's changed a lot since the beginning. Um, you could just get the sketchbook um, and send it back. And then it would go, it goes on tour. So it tours, at first it just toured the United States. So it's an exhibition that goes around um, the country. Now it's grown into, it's an international thing. Um, so they have this, it's like a, a mobile um, library, like it's like a, a trailer that's pulled behind a, a truck or a van. And in there is all the sketchbooks from that year, that particular um, sketchbook project year. Um, but you go on and you order your sketchbook and you can, a lot of times you can select a topic, like say one of mine is looking through the trees, which is not this one, but this particular one you ha we have here is a chat book. Um, and because of teaching graphic design history and chat books, I thought it would be great um, to do this. So um, the only parameters is it comes and it's this, just this little sketchbook and you have to make sure that the, uh, your label stays visible because this is how you check it out. So, you go in and you, you can search different people on the computer and then they'll, the people in the, in the trailer, they scan it and hand, you get yours and the one next to you. 
So when I was able to check this, this particular one out, I checked out, um, I got one of my students along with it because then you get one and then you get another. So it was kind of cool just to see the whole setup, which I got to see at TEDx RVA um, this spring. And they actually brought the truck down because um, one of the co-founders was here speaking. Uh, so I actually got to see it. So I've not been to Brooklyn. It, it's a, it's a, um, it's a fundraiser for the Brooklyn Arts Library. So you pay for the sketchbook, you pick your topic, you know, it comes in the mail, you fill it up and it's due back by the middle of January. Um, so we're doing this now as, you know, definitely a design project, um, but hopefully the whole department will get on board um, and, and everybody will do it. So they turn them in at, in December at finals. We package them up, I put them in a box and I send them all together to, to New York. So, so this is, um, it, do you, I'm just gonna pull them up and you tell me when to do the next one because I have them in the order of opening. So how big is it? Yeah, um, is it, it's not, it's a little bit smaller than a typical moleskin, like height wise, in fact, it's I have, about like this. I have my new one. Yeah, I have my new one, but it's on the other side of the room. So, so like here's uh, talk, this is talk a minute, Diane. Eight. I'm gonna go get it. Yeah. Okay. Talk so a minute. I'm gonna is, go get it. Okay. This is eight by ten, and this is. I mean, these are not from the sketchbook project. These are super cheap. I got this for a dollar fifty, and then I put the graphics on it, and then this one I think I got for a dollar from. Um, guided products or something, but it's thin, you know, so you can't get a ton out of it. But, well, I kind of like it like that. So, well, I mean, they're they have this new, not that thick. They have this new thing. Ooh, even better. It's called a sketchbook sleeping bag. <laughs> I like that. And so. Yeah. So it comes this size, mm -hmm. and it's this thick. So, so it's, it's really not, thin. It's not that overwhelming to do in a certain amount of time. No, it's not. Um, so you just fill it up, send it back, and they log it in and it goes on tour. So then you, when you check it out, you have to give it back though, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you get to carry it home. No, you have to do it right there and turn it in, yeah. But another neat thing is if you check it out, you get an email. Somebody checks it out, you get an email. So like I've had mine checked out in Texas and Seattle and LA and you know, it's just kind of really cool. You get this email, that says, um, someone just checked out your sketchbook in such and such a town, you know, because it's instant. Oh, cool. As soon as it's done, the email is just automatically sent. Anyway, that's something, something new cool you could do with a bunch of people that weren't necessarily in your area and you could all scan it in because you obviously did your scans before you turned it in. Right, but they will do that too. Now you can pay extra. Um, and they will digitize it for you. Yeah. And it's $25 normally. $25. Mm -hmm. And then if you want it digitized, it's $60. And I think that includes the, did you get the sleeping bag with the, that as well? I actually purchased the sleeping bag at the truck. When I, oh. when I checked my book out, I was like, oh, this thing is too cute. But see, it says it's going to be backwards, but. No, it's perfect. It says sketchbook sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's why they make everything just, backwards for us so that you can still read what we show. <laughs> so it's a little nylon stuff. But oh, that's cool. So I'm going to just so pull up some more images from it. Yeah, and this tells you, you can't see it. But if you come like, really close, we can. A community. Um, Sketchbook community is over 75,000 people in 135 different countries. Um, it goes on a mobile tour. 
you get notification. You're supporting the Brooklyn Arts Library. Um, there are over 26,000 sketchbooks um, and counting. It grows every year because they keep them. Um, now they digitize them. And um, yeah, so it, it's a great project. Um, I really enjoy doing it. Um, it. It is a break. It is one thing that breaks creative block because there's no pressure. It's just, it's a sketchbook. It's, you just do with it what you want to do with it. Um, Meredith and I would still be under pressure to make it look good. Because <laughs> we don't um, want to make was, anything yeah. ugly. <laughs> I'm there with you, remember? We had this conversation. Yeah, we have to, we have to get there's, over it. I know. There's nothing. But I, I know Meredith um, is <laughs> similar. So it looks like you're doing, um, I don't know, are you doing rubbings? Are you doing your draw? You're doing drawing, you're doing type, and then it looks like a linoleum block or some sort of block printing that you're doing. Um, this was actually a piece of paper that came um, packaged in something or wrapped around mm -hmm. something. And it's very, very thin. It's like rice paper. And, and so I adhered it to the page. Um, and I'm using a, um, like a transfer pen where you take a photocopy of it, of, of a sketch. Um, and I forgot to, to reverse it when I copied it. So I just left it that way because I thought, hey, that's, that's kind of neat. I kind of like that, you know, but that's something out of my sketchbook. It's a drawing out of my sketchbook. But even um, a mistake and then I, makes you think about something because a, me a memory sometimes is what you remember it, not, it might not be absolutely true, which I love that it's backwards. Um, and then I hand drew, you know, some some quotes because a lot of this is about quotes like you know chat books were about um collage and and writings and it's kind of like the, the beginning of the zine type uh, thing so that's what i kind of wanted to do with this was put a lot of um of uh text in it so i found some some uh quotes that were important to me um this is a uh I went to this uh, church book sale and found some of the old, old, old books that used to put these pictures in them. Yeah. And I kind of deconstructed the book and kind of put it back in here. Um, again, doing some of the, the rubbings um, and then quotes from like, this is from Herman Jaff about typography and so. Just staying along that chat book deal. Okay, what about this one? And I mean, this is in order, um, right? We're going in order? I don't think it really matters. Right. I didn't go in order. I kind of flipped through the book as I was going. Oh, cool. Um, Good way to do it. These are from those same book series. Um, you know, that there was a quote in it says, in the darkest England and out, in darkest England and and the way out. And so I took a foot, another picture from something else looking out a window. Um, and then I just, somebody had given me a, a um, or I'd found it somewhere in a pet store. It says, you know, this tall, skinny, short, fat, no one loves me like my cat. But she kind of left the room because she's mad at me because I made her move. Um, and these are, you know, it's hand-drawn typography, it's hand-drawn cat mixed in with found books and typography from books. I love it. Yeah, and this is my favorite um, poem from Langston Hughes, you know, following your dreams, you know, hold fast to dreams for if dreams go, life is a barren field frozen in snow, hold fast to dreams. Um, for if, life, if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. Um, and, you know, that's just one of my favorites. And again, it's all hand-drawn type. Um, this is what I do in my sketchbooks. You know, these are, these are actual drawings from sketchbooks um, that I use the transfer on and then just kind of like added to them. So then here's another one with the, I mean, these great images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are, and I can't remember the name of this book. Um, 
some one of these books is a Bobsy Twins book, and if anybody is old enough to remember the Bobsy Twins, but I read those books as a kid, and so it's kind of even more, you know, important to me, more meaningful to me. Um, but these these illustrations in these books from the you know 30s, 40s were beautiful. So yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, and I like how you're, because the paper is kind of thin, so you're, mm -hmm. instead of just overlapping, you're using that kind of other paper to kind of help block some of that out sometimes. Sometimes you're seeing through it. Um, I really kind of like that. Um, yeah. Here's another one. Yeah, this is a drawing of a mask, one of the masks from Italy that I put in. Um, and the Harriet Tubman quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course my coffee. And this is a a big quote, and um, uh, Meredith, you should like stick with this. Those who created yesterday's pain do not control tomorrow's potential. Okay, <laughs> one of my favorite sayings. Um, and of course, there's nothing without coffee. Have to have coffee. Notice there's three coffee cups there. <laughs> so again, these are, um, you know, when I looked at this and, and I composed it, I was looking at it as the kind of typography that was used in this publication. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and because this was the center spread, I kind of like just made it, you know, a two spread thing. But, um, but I just cut quotes or quotes out of the, the book and then um, the uh, the images and you can't really see, you can see it a little bit but you see the one on the bottom the foot the image on the bottom where the, man and the woman. color yeah there's no color above their head yeah and it didn't get very close to the edges of the mountains I thought that was very interesting when I was yeah, just was looking at these images different technique it's maybe it's that that you see that you could incorporate or something I think that's kind of neat all right it's it's kind of looking beyond what you're seeing you looking know, what wasn't kind of a, looking beyond what was intended maybe that intentional right. message mm -hmm. I think this is one of a very powerful spread to me mm -hmm. and there's so much you can do with two colors you know Right, which and is something that colors. we don't teach anymore. Like, you know, when at first we were the ones that were using, um, you know, one or two colors and how much you could do with it because of printing costs. Um, but yes, I love this photograph of the praying hands, and that's what he's doing with praying. Um, and then the other, where this uh, soldier is kind of standing in the shadows. Okay. And then I love the brightness of this next um, <coughs> spread. Yeah, this is from the Boxy Twins book. So this is the, um, the you know that. Not just um, my shirt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is powerful what you could do with only one color, even. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we need to limit ourselves sometimes. And this was definitely a, a silkscreen. You could feel it. Oh, so cool. it was very, yeah, it was very nice. Now, you know, that the, it's the whole play thing. Um, you know, we forget to play. Yeah. Um, this is a spread. The name on the bracelet. And then you wrote your mm -hmm. name, I guess. Did people used to call you yes. Annie? Yeah, I have a bracelet that has that on it. So oh, that's cool. why I used it. When I was a kid, that's what my parents had bought me a, a little, you know, silver, you know, ID bracelet, and that's what was on it. Cool. I like how it's not just, it's, you're really going with that. The one thing that's connecting is the, the quotes going through but you're really taking different kind of different things, items. You're not always just doing flowers or always doing kids or always doing whatever. So 
it makes it more like an inspiration book. So that's kind of cool. It's something for us to remember to do. Yeah, this is another piece of that um, on the um, right hand page is another piece of that rice paper. Oh, yeah. That bottom flower, was that part of that rice paper? That's part, part of the rice paper. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, let's put some more flowers on this page and do quotes about, you know, smelling the roses, basically. Um, Nikki, I think you'll like this next one because she's writing in a bunch of different, she writes art in a bunch of different kind of ways. Mm -hmm. And I love yeah. the bottom one. Like that's one of my favorites where it's kind of erased. I guess it was that transfer or was mm -hmm. it pencil? It's it's done in pencil, but it's to transfer. That's cool. Um, Just sometimes a different tool. And we talk, one of the things Ann talks about with her students is getting them off the computer. And um, that was one of my questions, which of course I lost my sheet. Um, what, why does it, why do you think designers resist breaking away from the computer? I see this in my students all the time. Um, it's like the computer, they feel like the computer's the only tool they can solve. And I think designers do that. Like I do that even. Um, and they're trying to save time. Um, and they know, because they know they're gonna be on it. You know, how can we help ourselves and our students to avoid this kind of way of thinking of, as this, oh, let's start here instead of somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, not only do the students do this, but they have to keep a sketchbook for all the classes, a separate sketchbook. Um, because it's part of their process. This was my favorite one. Um, uh, but it's part of the process that we try to teach them and they're like, well, why do we have to sketch? Why can't I just start on the computer? Well, the first idea is not always the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very rarely. Uh, um, and you know, even if we don't practice what we preach, um, and we do kind of go straight to the computer and start working, we still need to have an outlet, still need to have a way to release um, some of the ideas that are floating around in your head. Because going back and looking at the old sketchbooks or going back and looking at these projects, um, is where you find your own inspiration. You begin to build your own library of, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I remember doing something like that. Maybe I go back and look, or, or you're totally stuck and you just start looking back through your sketchbooks. Right. Well, another, another um, aspect to this sometimes is that group, um, group capacity. Um, that's very true. Um, well, I, I've known people who have gone, I am Sanchez, um, gone straight to the computer, unfortunately, and hopefully no real solid professional maybe does that, but I have known lots of people to unfortunately have to do that. But, um, and the next question I want to ask is uh, how the group, and I, for people like Meredith, you're, um, you definitely can always tell the difference for sure. Um, how can somebody like Meredith get into a group that can help and where do you think some of the best group parts of the process can, can be used and do you have any exercises for that? For groups or for individuals? Well, let's say Meredith's got some, a group to be in. So we're going to get her a group or we're going to become a group. Um, yeah, there, there are several things you can do. Um, one of which is, you know that quote by Langston Hughes that I like so much? Um, take something like that and create something with it. If there's a, a particular poem you like or a particular song that you like, um, take it and create something with it that has nothing to do with anything else other than what you want to make it. Um, because you're stepping out of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. You're, you're, you're doing something different. Um, that's one exercise. You know, a lot of times it's kind of, uh, just write it down, you know? Do a mind map, do a list. Um, you know, if, if your brain feels like you're stuck 
then write those things down and get it out, you know, to just, just you know, flush the toilet, basically, and get those negative feelings out of your head. Right. Um, because you're taking that negativity and putting it on paper, and then you're getting rid of it and say, okay, let me shut this, and it's gone. So you used a group, and your students were stuck, and you used um, kind of the whiteboard exercise, which I have both of these. Mm -hmm. um, these two projects on the page um, on the website on the archive at designrecharge.org for this unlocking creative block. So do you want to talk about this a little bit? So where it started, how you use this exercise? Um, this was an exercise on um, type as metaphor. And they were they didn't understand. Um, so I said, okay, well let's take the word. This word happened to be exercise. And I said, so let's think of every possible thing that you could do or you can think of that's associated with exercise. So, I mean, if you look at some of this, it, it just exploded into, you know, like some of the other words that, that, that I had given them, like one of them was religion, another was vote. But, you know, exercise is not just physical exercise, it's mental or emotional so they picked up on that so we did this there was this was a small class there was six students in the class and we did this for every one of them and they this was uh last fall and uh they still talk about it can we do this again can we try this again um you know vote coming you know with human rights and freedom and amendments, you know, all of this just, it just kind of like spilled out and they were just, you know, helping each other. They were not just, because we did it as a group, they were talking about it. And when we finished this, every one of them had been drawing in their sketchbook the whole time that this was going on. And they almost all had ideas by the end of this exercise. Um, most of them finished their sketching by the end of the class and were able to start on the computer with their ideas. So this was, this was a very good exercise um, for those students to break that block and help them understand what it was that, you know, what a metaphor is and, and how we as designers you know, need to, that's how we communicate a lot of times is through metaphors. So how to use that in a positive or a communicative way. You know, I think um, for something like this, sometimes it's good to help other people with their project, with their problem, because then it helps you solve yours. So some of them are just really neat. And I think you can, as you go deeper, you get to see instead of just that first initial that's the initial sketch your first idea and then it goes to that second deeper level and then that third and fourth and then you are able to come up with more more meaningful um design solutions i, I guess so i really like yeah, I, I like this project yeah mind mapping is the beginning um and a lot of them a lot of students don't understand what you mean when you talk about mind mapping so you just kind of show them. Um, and this is the student who was who was writing for me. He he likes to write on a whiteboard, so he was doing all for me. Plus, I couldn't lift my hand over my head. Um, but it was uh, I've had them take a big piece of paper and do it and bring it into class and tape them up on the wall where they have started doing this, and then they stand up there and the class adds to it. So. You know, this just gives them an idea of, you know, they think I'm nuts when I say, well, you take that word that you're stuck on or, or that image that you have in your head, what's that word? Now go to the thesaurus and look it up and write all those possibilities down and then explore it some more because it's just kind of like you're sketching out all the possibilities with words. Um, and then it'll kind of narrow down your focus and it really gives you these, these words give you visuals um, that you can actually go to, to sketching 
you know, literally sketching. Um, and then the project is more thought out. And sometimes you can do this with images too. Explain it. But mm -hmm. when you do it with an image, if you have a house, it's going to, that picture is communicating as well. And if you just have the word house, it's not um, imposing other things on you because house to one person might be mansion to another and it might be a shack to somebody else or something. So it's all, all the different right. things, but you could do it with images too. And you could take the word house and then have a cardboard box or where your cat sleeps or, you know, all this is their home or whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's important, I think, to break it up and do something else. How, what are the different messages? And I think you can go in those deeper levels. But I think with in the very beginning, I think something like this is, is can be really powerful just in text. Yeah, the, and I was telling, oh, go ahead. They tend to want to go image searching first. Mm -hmm. So I try to get them out of doing that a lot by doing Definitely. something like this. And we were talking about how um, I've, I don't know if you guys ever listened to The Accidental Creative. It's a podcast by Todd Henry. He's written a book called The Accidental Creative. And um, he talks about how using groups, there's three great places to use groups. Sometimes we tend to use groups, especially in corporate settings, maybe at the wrong time. Um, and one is when we define the problem. So what are we gonna do this project about? And then we define the parameters and then, or what it's gonna be about or what we're trying to get across. And then in the refinement section, so after we've come with some ideas um, or we do something like what, what we've done there, we branch off in, as a group um, and we do kind of a mind map kind of thing. And then that building on the ideas that are presented. So you come to the group with something that's, that's out there, kind of like what Ann was saying, you have these big pieces of paper and then you can, you're going to do your work and then you're going to hang them up and then we're going to respond to what everybody has seen. I think sometimes groups can, can work like that really well. And if you haven't ever, um, it's, you go on iTunes and you look up podcast accidental creative. It's, it's a pretty good one. Sometimes they're really short and sometimes they're a little bit longer, but something to help you as well. So there are two links um, and they're both um, on this is the PDF. This is Anne's project. I don't know if it will load. Um, maybe not. Um, it is on the, oh, there it is. So it's yeah. just because it's um, small, but uh, yeah, it's a big PDF, but a small, because you can't see it very well. So I'm going to actually put both of them. They're both at this link right here. And this was borrowed from Ellen Lupton's book. Um, where I sent the students out to photograph point, line, and plane. So a great, great project. Pop it up down there. Um, okay. Um, any um, publications you subscribe to for inspiration? And can you answer that, Jason? Uh, asked that question. Design Observer. That's Design Observer. Yeah, you can get on your phone. Um, Design Observer and uh, I love typography. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, trying to think of the other ones. I had them written down, not on ID. I, I, I come here, I look at this, this, this is very, very helpful. Not just for me to talk it out, but when I come and listen and I see the comments that people make and um, it's, it's great just to come and listen to these these spreecasts. Um, you know, I, I'm a type nut, so I'm constantly looking at all the type blogs. Um, yeah, I, I think Design Observer is one of the ones that I really look at a lot because they have a lot of links to other sites, other blogs, uh, things that I might be looking at. Um, <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Another VC person. Uh, um, good to see you. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I would love to, if you guys all send me what you look for, for um, inspiration, I can send everybody an email on the list of some places, if it's links or something like that. That would be a great way for us to share. Because I feel like you guys are um, are critical to this part of the, collabor the collaboration of Design Recharge. So 
I know we're over our time, so I don't want to um, keep keep you too much longer. But um, I'll try if you guys send me at Diane at designrecharge.org, um, I will make a list and we can all help each other and and send each other information. And you can always post it to the Design Recharge Facebook page, which I will put on screen right now, and the Instagram. Thanks, Ryan. It's good to see you. I've um, missed you. I'm glad you've gotten some of the uh, archives. That's awesome. And you can always follow me at um, Design Recharge and at um, Diane Gives AU. Pretty much the same stuff goes on both, but if you just want to do one or the other. And Anne's website is right here, Chambers Design, and it was up earlier as well. And then Anne, I don't know how she managed this one. She must have been like the first person on Twitter because she got her name, <laughs> I had to be AU, which I know, um, Meredith, you know what that AU stands for? Um, Auburn University. Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm in my Georgia jacket, um, my parents went there, so they only buy me that kind of clothes. So, and then um, Anne is, uh, there's her LinkedIn, and um, the other- Meredith, I put my, my email up there if you ever need any oh, yeah. uh, help. Um, or want feedback, please email me. And I'm good for that too. So you guys just use us. That's what we're here for. I do this because it helps me, but I also have a passion to help other designers, especially people who are in there doing it by themselves. And sometimes it's hard to get, get all the good stuff out. So that's why I do this. It's a weekly thing next week. Just so you guys know, we have, um, the creative group, the creative group has, um, been willing to help me out quarterly to do um, a design recharge episode. So next week it's about networking. And so Meredith, I would definitely, you always come, so I'm so thankful, but Nikki, I know you're in the job hunt. So I think networking can be incredibly um, powerful. Yes. I do have one more question that I will email you both shortly. I know we're over time. So, okay, that's great. Well, um, yeah. check out the archive if you need anything. Um, it's great to see everybody, and Jason, I'm so glad you were here again, and Jamie, I'm glad you could pop in, and um, guys, we'll see you next week. It'll be with Eric DeCera um, from the Creative Group about networking and how powerful it can be, and it's we're going to touch on social media and how um, social can be very, um, very powerful in networking as well, so, and if you watch the Zach Smith one, um, it can be great, so. Meredith, you go build a church and take some pictures and draw or do something while you're there. We can't wait to see some images. So mm -hmm. you guys have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. Are we off?